So, so these two fine, fine men work with a group of Christians that meet in Union City, New Jersey, and we're going to be interviewing them just to find out a little bit about the work there and uh, so that you who listen to this webcast will know about it. And if you live in that area, you can go check them out. Or if you're visiting in that area or contemplating relocating to that area, you'll know what to look for. So guys, we'd like to know a little bit about the, the congregation you worship with, you work with there in Union City. First of all, let's just start with a little history. It's a fairly new congregation, right? Yeah, we started meeting together um, as a church in March, just over a year ago. So it's about a year and a half old. So, so very new, very new. Yeah, very new. And located, where's Union City, New Jersey? Yeah. City is, is uh, just across the river from New York City. Now, what river would that be? And be the Hudson River. You That's come out of the Lincoln Tunnel. Mentioned, right? Yeah, you come out of the Lincoln Tunnel, and uh, you got to go up the hill, and, and you're, you'll be in Union City. So we are in New Jersey, north uh, northeast New Jersey, in Hudson County. Okay. So if, if someone were say at the do they call the new building that replaced world trade center do they call it world trade center yes how long would it take to get there from there to your meeting place say for example um well it it it, it takes you get to you get to port authority in midtown in about 10 minutes uh from from uh our neighborhood 10 or 12 minutes and then port to get down to to the World Trade Center is probably another 10 or 12, 15 minutes south. But so we're just uh, minutes from New York City, from Midtown. There you go. And is that talking by car or by bus or by train? What are you talking there? That's by bus. By bus. By yeah. bus. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, and you meet. Uh, what's the address of the meeting place? Mike, I'll let you talk. <laughs> that, that would be 2000 West Street. In your 2000 city. West Street. Yes. Is it parking? Uh, it's street parking. Um, there is a municipal parking lot around the corner that's uh, that can be paid for, but there's usually parking along the street. Is it? Do, do they have to pay on Sundays? Yes. Okay. So if somebody, if somebody wants to come to worship with you, I assume they can drive and they can park as you as you've mentioned. They can take the bus that you've already mentioned. That is there a train station nearby? probably need to take a take a bus from the train station that's that would be a, a long walk probably okay but, and, right. and the park the parking the the municipal lot you would pay i think but i think it, uh, the parallel parking on the street is no right. charge on, on uh yeah thanks for clarifying the, the meter so free on a sunday yeah mm -hmm. okay that sounds great well so, tell us a little bit about the congregation there about how many meeting there Go ahead, Michael. Um, so on Sundays, depending on you know who's traveling and what visitors we'll have, um, oh, give, it, it, give us the the high number. <laughs> yeah, so it, it it it'll be normally um, between I would say fifteen to 20, 25 maybe even if uh, you know if, if there's a lot of visiting with us um, on a Sunday morning. Okay, and what would people expect if they come in on a Sunday for the first time? What time do you meet and how would things go? What would they expect to encounter? So uh, our, our starting time is 10 a.m. for Bible class. Um, 
and uh, and so we'll normally have people showing up starting around about 15 minutes before and uh, we'll stand around greeting each other and getting to know how everybody's doing and uh, and then we'll get into Bible class um, there's an adult Bible class in the main portion of the room there's uh, a young lady who's teaching um, a um, I believe 12 year old uh, who's who's been visiting with us um, so she's been doing that as a kids class and then um, my wife has actually been taking our son into the uh, the side little hallway there and um, having a little uh, baby um, you know younger kids class um, to to lead with him for um, about half an hour or so with that our regular adult class goes for about 45 minutes um, and then we'll take a 10 15 minute break and uh, meet together again for um, worship at 11 o'clock and that normally will go about an hour and 15 minutes hour and 20 something like that so if somebody came and they had children, they wanted to bring children, and they arrived at ten o'clock, they they would have there would be these two classes you've described: one very young, and the other one for somebody who's about ten to twelve. But if you had kids anywhere in that range, I guess their their children would be welcome to join in that group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and, and so if they if somebody came and they had a a nine year old or an eleven year old, and and they decided to come at 10 o'clock and their children joined in that class, what would it be? Would it be, would they be engaged in a lot of coloring or basket weaving or would they be studying the Bible or how would that go? What kind of class is it? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Don, do you want to take that one? Well, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, we, we, uh, it's, it's really hard to, uh, to teach a class without preparation. So when, when visitors come, we hope they, they're patient with us. But what we try to do is have uh, some section of the scriptures that are covered with either in a Bible story or read a text, talk about it. Uh, there may be a little bit of coloring or drawing for the younger kids uh, at some point during the class. We really like for them to hear and to uh, talk about uh, things that we find in the Bible, whether it's an example in a story or, or instruction from the Lord. So we try to keep it to we try to make it a Bible's class. Even that. for the children. Yes. Okay. And in the adults, in you said you said you have an adult class simultaneously. It may go a little longer, but what would the adults be doing in their Bible class? And that's uh, in in our in the same room or area where we have our general assembly. So we sit in chairs, and there'll be a teacher in the front, and uh, uh, the teacher will lead the discussion. But we op it's open for comments and questions, uh, particularly questions. Make sure that people are following what what's being discussed. And uh, really, all of our studies uh, so far in for the foreseeable future are, are textual studies. We take a book in the Bible, we read through it, um, uh, and study the verses and the statements and the examples or make application along the way. So it's just a discussion from the text of the scriptures. Right now, we are in the book of Hebrews, uh, taking a break from some Old Testament studies I'm, I'm like, Mike has been teaching that Sunday morning class, those Old Testament books. Um, he's done Exodus and Leviticus, and we decided that was a good time to go and take a break and do a New Testament study. So we're looking at the book of Hebrews, which overlaps and strongly connects to the Old Testament book of Leviticus. So I'm teaching Hebrews, but... Uh, uh, oh, so you're, you're teaching, Don, you're teaching Hebrews right now? 
Okay, so if somebody came in right now, they came this Sunday, for example, you'll be what chapter will you be in this Sunday? Uh, chapter six. So if somebody came in this Sunday and they would they if they wanted to read ahead of time, they could read chapter six and you'd be teaching chapter six. And of course, there'd be a lot of connections to the Old Testament. And so they would kind of get kind of a big picture com uh, understanding of how the whole Bible kind of works together then. Yes, and, and and we've we've got people a good number of our uh, me members and uh, uh, people participating in the classes uh, are new to Bible study. Uh, not all, but some are new to Bible study, and we want them to feel comfortable. So we uh, speak simply and clearly just from the text, mm -hmm. and uh, we are trying to make that connection. What what connection do I have to the book of Leviticus, which is a book written for the for the Jews or the Israelites in the days of uh, that Old Testament nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. and, and we find strong connection to the message and the story of Christ and and uh, the relationship with God that Israel had, say, through the book of Leviticus has been enhanced and spiritualized and become so much more meaningful in the new as we see in the New Testament book of Hebrews. So if somebody knows nothing about the Bible, somebody knows nothing about Hebrews, maybe doesn't even have a Bible, and they come, um, would, they, would they be okay if they walk in the door and they don't have a Bible? Well, we, we loan them one. We, we let them, uh, if we open it to the passage if we need to help them find the text location. But certainly, uh, anytime you walk into a, a new group and you're the new guy and then, uh, you uh, don't know what's been going on before. There, it's going to be a little awkward, undoubtedly. We, we want people to feel comfortable. Any question that they have, they can ask. Um, and um, uh, we don't ask them any questions, of course. We don't want to put any visitor, a new person on the spot. Uh, they uh -huh. can come and just sit and observe and listen. And, and I'm, I'm just confident that uh, anyone who comes and pays attention for that hour will, will learn, will understand and learn something from the scriptures. Uh, and regardless of what our topic would be. From what you were saying earlier, it sounds like some of the, some of your regulars are also people who not too long ago didn't know much about the Bible. Is that accurate? That's right. Yes. Micah, you were going to say something? Yeah, I was going to jump in and mention that um, the past few classes, with, as Don's been going through Hebrews, he will take five, ten minutes at the beginning normally and give kind of a quick review um, so that while we're starting kind of in the middle chapters of Hebrews, anybody else who's joining or may have forgotten what happened previously just kind of gets a quick refresher. Um, recently, he's been... Um, giving us kind of a little practice exercise of uh, going through, through the chapters, coming up with a title for each one as we go through them, um, which has been really helpful just because, you know, when you have a, a book that you study once a, one, one day out of the week, multiple weeks, it becomes very easy to forget what you, you know, looked at weeks and weeks ago anyways. So being able to, to not only review, but then also think through a brief chapter title, you know, is is as helpful to um, get a big picture view of of what's in the book. So I'm I'm curious about that. Uh, really helpful to to hear those ideas. Um, so what if somebody didn't want to wait for the you know the next time 
Um, but they're trying to learn it. It's kind of hard maybe to learn on your own. I certainly experienced that, especially early on. Would there be any opportunities to study with somebody other than the times that you formally meet? Yes. Uh, it's, it's, I am a preacher and a Bible teacher as a full-time occupation or, or, or uh, um, it, it's my work. It's what I do. And so the uh, couple of Bible classes that happen in the assembly per week would, would be such uh, that wouldn't be much work. <laughs> that's, and, and that's just a, a little bit, but uh, ideally um, uh, visitors have the opportunity are invited to, would you like to study? Would you like to study outside of, of this hour? Would you like to meet somewhere uh, at your place, my place and somewhere in between uh, I'm very happy to set up Bible classes that could could be a one-time session uh, for a short for a short discussion or uh, weekly, an hour a week, if if that's uh, useful for whatever four weeks, six weeks, or or some people I've been studying with in that format for you know, a couple of years. So yeah, uh, the we uh, we want to just want to help people understand the Word of God. Uh, we don't have anything else to offer, nothing of ourselves, other than if we can put the Bible in front of you, help you see what it says, uh, help you understand how it uh, affects your life and, and the lives of, of people around you. Um, that's the conversation, the discussions that we want to have. So if there's a woman, say, for example, who's interested and she's, you know, I, I'd like to hear about Hebrews. I'd like to learn about the Bible and, and Sunday morning's not convenient for me or or I'd like more than just Sunday morning they she wants to have one of these appointments where she can say the Bible with you how what would maybe she might be uncomfortable meeting just with a, a man uh, how do you do that well I'm I would be a little uncomfortable too just uh, just for appearances sake or for for trust issues especially strangers uh, so of course I'm married and my wife Cammy would would sit in on the class or participate in the class as well for that matter. And so um, the study could be in my home or that, uh, that, that woman's home, but uh, Cammie would be present uh, to uh, help, help people relax uh, that all propriety and, and uh, uh, integrity is going to be maintained. And, and Cammie has a lot of experience as a Bible teacher in her own right, doesn't she? Yes, she does. Yeah, she teaches ladies' classes. It's another opportunity. Uh, once a month on Sunday afternoon, the, the ladies gather for a Bible class outside of the regular assembly times, and um, um, and and that is all women and with Cami teaching. Yes. And Mike, your wife is fluent in Spanish, is she not? Yeah, she is. Yep. In fact, where is she from? So she's from uh, Peru originally. Um, and then she moved here when she was young, but her family still speaks Spanish in, in their home regularly. And I think there's a significant Spanish-speaking population in that in that area, is it not? Very, yes. So if somebody who speaks Spanish wanted to come check out this congregation, mm -hmm. um, you would have people in the congregation who could interact with them if they weren't so comfortable in English. I, I imagine a lot of Spanish-speaking people there are are also fluent in English, but maybe somebody prefers to speak in Spanish. How how does that work? Yeah, that's, that's a great, great question. Great thought, because we've had, um, as you exactly as you mentioned, somebody come in interested in um, being involved with the group, but 
uh, only speaking Spanish. Um, and so while we don't have any kind of a bilingual service or anything like that, um, we'll do whatever we can to um, be able to help them understand what's happening and, um, and provide um, just an understanding as we go through the Bible classes, through the service, so forth. Um, and so you mentioned Sarah, of course, she speaks Spanish. She'd be she'd be happy to translate, have communication, uh, conversation with with them before and after class and and during class if needed. Be able to translate, um, and and uh, not just Sarah, but also um, Cami, Don's wife, is very practiced in Spanish. Knows a lot. Um, I am still working on my own Spanish as well. Um, so there are there are a lot of people who would actually enjoy the opportunity to um, to get to to conversate with somebody who. Primar primarily speak Spanish. Micah, do you speak any Portuguese? I don't. I know enough to find a bathroom and say I don't speak Portuguese. Well, those are important things. <laughs> okay. All right. So we've been mostly talking about your your uh, time that you meet on Sundays in classes. You have the adult class and then a couple of classes for the younger children simultaneously starting at 10. Uh, it sounds like at 1045, the adult Bible class comes to a conclusion, and I guess the children classes are, are concluded also. And then I guess you have a, a brief intermission until you start with your assembly where everybody's together at 10 o'clock. I mean, 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock, yeah. At 11 o'clock. And so then everybody, kids too, kids kids are welcome in the, in the general assembly when you come together at 11? Yep. And, and what do you do on a Sunday? What would you do in that period of time from 11 o'clock? And how, about how long, if I'm if I show up at eleven o'clock, what would be my expectation for how long your service would last? And what do well, you do? We well, we start with just an opening welcome uh, and, uh, and and a prayer. Mm -hmm. uh, typically, the prayer will be for a good service together that uh, that the Lord will be pleased with our efforts this day, and then sing a couple of songs. Then we have a a scripture reading, just a reading from the scripture. After that, uh, we have a prayer. We call it the designated prayer because we we choose some uh, significant topic uh, that uh, that is useful and and important even to, to pray about. It may be about our own character. It could be about something going on in the world. It could be just a thanksgiving for God's goodness. But whatever, and that prayer, uh, however long or short it might be, really focuses on that that idea uh, so that we're trying to get in the habit of spending more time in prayer on specific things and uh, it helps to keep us from letting our prayers become rote and repetitive the same things week to week day by day and this, this just pushes us to think more deeply and carefully so anyway the designated prayer it's just a prayer with a topic I like that, that that idea of a designated prayer. Who decides, or how do you decide what the topic is? Mike has been deciding for us. I uh, and we talked about it, and and he was willing to make a list, and uh, um, and uh, so he does that. And so he, uh, uh, on a calendar, so to speak, he sets out what the topic is each uh, each Sunday. So about how far in advance do you decide, like for this coming Sunday, have you already announced what the topic's going to be? Well, it's not announced, but it's posted so that uh, whoever might be leading prayer will check the list and, um, and then uh, he will know what the topic is. 
Okay. This, in recent weeks, we we prayed for perseverance and self-control, and prayed for uh, uh, steadfast faith and things things about our character. And so Mike has already started putting together next the the list of prayers for next year, mm-hmm. and it's it has a different focus. And you want to tell about that, Micah? Yeah, that, I'm excited for that. Um, for next year, we're um, going to be asking members from the congregation uh, some questions and give them some prompts uh, about different prayer topics or themes, um, ideas of praise, ideas of uh, confession, ideas of um, Thanksgiving, of course, um, and uh, asking them to think about our congregation, think about our community, our area, and um, and come up with topics that are going to relate to the the place that we're at and and the people that we are, um, and also ask that they'll provide a Bible verse that um, if they if they have something in mind that goes along with that, um, so that whoever is leading that prayer can be thinking not only about this helpful topic but also how it relates to what we read about in Scripture, um, and so. I'm excited because last last year um, I just thought through some topics that that um, I connected to to various Bible passages. But um, for this coming year, um, I'm looking forward to getting involvement from other people, from other members of the congregation, having their their input. Um, as as I'm sure they're going to be able to come up with a lot more, and and um, and it'll just be you know uh, it'll be directed by the congregation. You know, it'll be prayers that of, of uh, requested by people, um, by by members, rather than just by one person. So that's an no, like exciting. That. Why don't we yeah. do that more often? That's a really good idea. I mean, I, I, I like that. So you mentioned a couple of songs uh, that that you would have. Um, what kinds of things do you sing about? And I assume acapella singing. I know that actually. I met with you one. one yes, time. it is acapella singing, and we have this room with hard walls and hard floor, and uh, we sound pretty decent. And, uh, <laughs> all, all fifteen of us, or, or twenty of us, as the case may be, but yeah, and so we we just uh, we just sing these hymns together. They're spirit psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, as the as the, the Bible directs, and and actually we use a book that for which that is the title, uh, and and. There's some newer songs in the the book that we sing, but then there's some old standard gospel songs that uh, have been sung for many years that we include. So over the course of the worship, we have those two songs. And after the reading and the prayer, we have uh, another song that's focused on the the Lord's Supper and the, the death and sacrifice of Christ. And and so we'll sing that song before we uh, participate in the communion uh, with Christ in, in his supper. We eat, eat unleavened bread uh, and, um, and and drink the fruit of the vine or grape juice. Uh, uh, and we eat the bread in memory of the body of Christ and uh, drink the cup in memory of the blood of Christ as he directed. And it's just a, an ultra simple, uh, way of bringing to mind into our into our lives the reality of his death and to remember it and to uh, live in appreciation for it and so we're all urged to meditate on those things and take a solemn moment as we eat that bread and drink that cup the lord's supper and so and, and i wanted to just that procedure 
I'm sorry, you, say it again. You, you didn't just invent that procedure, that right? It's no, that, that's right. And and I, I could say it so smoothly because it's it's already been written out in the Bible. So, okay. so when I talk about drinking, do that oh, that's what Jesus said. Eat, eat the bread. That's what Jesus said. And so we, we try to do just exactly what the Lord taught his disciples to do in that regard. And, and you do that every Sunday? Every Sunday, yes. And is there is there a sermon every Sunday where somebody preaches? There is. After the Lord's Supper, we have another prayer. Excuse me, another song, and then and then sermon. And uh, Micah preaches, and I preach there. And we occasionally have a guest speaker, but uh, we we do most of the preaching there. Okay. The, who's preaching this coming Sunday? I am. Or do you know what? Do you know what you? This is a, this is a dangerous question because if somebody asked me right now. I, I I may know what I'm preaching this Sunday, but I may change my mind between now and Sunday. Well, well I'm I'm going to preach something really good from the Bible. There you go. <laughs> All, right. All right, fantastic. Um, so, is it the 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 twenty twenty five twenty five or so people that that assemble there? Um, demographically, fairly diverse people. Are they native New Jerseyans? Are they transplants? Are they where are they from? A little of all of that. They're, they're mostly living in New Jersey, uh, in some Jersey City, Union City. Uh, we have some that come from farther away. Um, uh, they, they, we've, we've got young, quite a number of young adults, um, um, college age uh, young people, and they have been such a blessing in our in our group. Um, we've got. Uh, we've got two babies in the church now, and so we've got young parents, and we've got good-looking uh, good, good babies, I would say. <laughs> they, they are they're well behaved, and and they wouldn't be your grandchildren, would they, Joe? <laughs> well, one of them is, yes. <laughs> what a coincidence! <laughs> so, and we we've got some some uh, senior senior disciples as well. So it, it's it is a mixed group and diverse. Um, yeah, Im immigrants, people from other countries. Uh, yes, from Uganda uh, and from the south. From and the south, being the southern United States, <laughs> I guess yes. that's like a different country. <laughs> it feels foreign sometimes for them and for us. All right, all right. Well, you guys have you guys have talked about Union City and Hudson Heights. Um, mm -hmm. What's the what's the connection there? If just for ge geographically thinking, well, I, I'll start this one. I guess since I I, I kind of planted the, the idea, and Cami maybe put it really out in front of us. But we moved to Union City with a view to start a church in that area. We felt like the church should be in Jersey City because it was a, a bigger and more recognizable place, uh, at least by you know, in people's minds than Union City. Um, we had difficulty finding a place to meet in Union City, excuse me, in Jersey City, and was told that it would be easier in Union City to get approval for a house of worship, uh, you know, from the zoning department, things like that. And uh, and it turned out we, we found that we ended up finding a place in Union City. and But we really liked the idea of of identifying the area, we want people to be able to picture where we are. We're in Hudson Hudson County, New Jersey, and which includes Jersey City, 
Weehawken, Hoboken, uh, Union City, you know, all, all the all those classic American uh, towns, and uh, Secaucus, did I say North Bergen? All that's in Hudson County. We felt like we we felt like we wanted to feel. Uh, close to all those communities and not just isolate one. So instead of calling it the Union City Church um, or the Jersey City Church of Christ, we wanted we're we're up on the hill where the Heights are. Uh, Jersey City Heights is the neighborhood next door to us, but we we're not in Jersey City, and so we went with Hudson Heights to identify with that Heights area geographically, and Hudson for the county. So that's how we got the name. And uh, money and availability is how we ended up in the location. But they, it just seemed to work out as a blessing, both of them. Well, Libby and I had the pleasure of being up there with you on a Saturday when you had a special song service. And we, we were in your home with, there with you and Cammie. And my impression, I, I tell you, it's densely populated. But my impression was Union City is a neat little city. Um, it looks like a place maybe I kind of had the impression a lot of families. Um, people who uh, take care of the town. Uh, at least that was my initial impression, just there that day. Yeah, we've got a good mayor. Uh, I'll speak because um, uh, Micah doesn't actually live in Union City, so I can speak by knowing. Uh, Cam and I both have talked to the mayor three or four times each. Uh, he's very accessible. He cares about the community, uh, and uh, and he really sets a nice tone. And uh, it is a clean place. It's safe. Uh, very little crime. It's uh, the streets are bright and lit up at, at, all night, um, and there it is very much working class people. Lots of families and lots of children. We live across the street from a huge elementary school, and uh, it's it's fun to watch the moms and the dads dropping their kids off, and it almost looks like the good old days. Uh, mm. See some affection there, and and I don't know the family, the the, the family attitudes uh, seem to be prevalent in in our in our neighborhood. It so, sounds like you're eager to make connections in the community and have opportunities to talk with people about the Bible, um, and ex introduce them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. How how are some ways, and I assume it's not just the two of you. How are some ways you two or anybody else in the congregation? is trying to make those kind of connections and help people have opportunity to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, Micah, you want to speak up on that for a couple? I'll think of a couple too. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, just speaking to what, what's been done in the past, um, we had for, I believe one of the song services, um, actually, no, it was a, uh, a gospel meeting um, in, uh, with, with a couple uh, lessons um, on a Saturday afternoon for like a week or two before we had gone through the community and just passed out flyers um just trying to just kind of spread the word that there was this event going on um we have had the song service like you mentioned jeff um and uh, and hired hired somebody to help spread flyers one point for one of those um and then i mean there's like don mentioned since, since my wife and i don't actually live in um, that town, we're limited on how involved we are um, on a daily basis um, or how, how much we're actually in that area. Um, but in on a Sunday afternoon after services, we love the opportunity to uh, go out with 
other members of the congregation and um, they're the very next street over from where we meet has lots of restaurants and um, and a lot of variety in the restaurants as well so it, it's it's a it's a selfish unselfish opportunity because there's lots of good food um, but it's also exciting to get to just just see what the com what's going on in the community get to you are uh, your father's son <laughs> <laughs> so proud I'm so proud <laughs> it's been good just to just to be able to um, to see what's out there and 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 to um, look for opportunity to, to spread the name of Jesus as well in, in whatever way that we can in doing that all right. Uh, our house, our house is on the, it's just on a, on one of the main streets, Summit Avenue. It's a long, uh, well-known street, and so we we've, we've got signs in our window uh, that uh, advertise about the Bible study and the location of the church, and you know the the little plastic boxes that realtors use to put a flyer about a, a property that's for sale. Right. Uh -huh. I've got one of those attached to the wrought iron fence in the front. And I put flyers there about Bible studies or, or articles with information. And uh, and we see people taking those. In fact, we've had people ask a knock on the door or stop and ask about uh, the church and the classes. That's and we fantastic. Had, we had a few visitors, not very many, but a few from that. So we're, we, we do want to advertise online because that's where people go to find what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. So we feel like Google and, and uh Facebook and Instagram and some of these places, we just want to be available in front of people as much as possible so that when somebody's looking, they may stumble across our name and our location and give us an opportunity. I'll say, speaking of speaking of the, the signs, um, we had uh, somebody who was with us for, for Bible class regularly, um, very handyman, does, does a lot of work um, for his own family and, and so forth, but he, um, he's good at, <clears throat> he works with putting up signs for businesses and so forth. And so for our, um, the meeting space where we meet as a congregation, um, when we were first, uh, getting that, that space, he helped to put up a sign looks really nice outside of the spot. And, uh, within a couple months or something, there was a young lady who was just walking by and read the sign and decided to come in that Sunday. And she's been meeting with us ever since. And so it really is, I mean, it's, you know, uh, we live in, 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 more of a suburb area, you know, everybody has kind of a wider yard and there's a lot less foot traffic in a place like that. Um, in Union City, it's it's much closer to a small New York. Um, there's a lot of foot traffic. There's a lot of people that are just out on the street. Um, and so something like just having signs up really has been an opportunity just to, to kind of spread the news that we're there. So that, Micah, that sign that you mentioned that this individual made for you, that's on the outside of your meeting place there? Mm -hmm. It is, So yep. if somebody is trying to find <laughs> your meeting place and they come and you gave the address a little bit ago, you want to repeat that? Yeah, 2000 West Street. So if somebody comes to 2000 West Street and they're looking around, and I've been there, so it, as I recall, it's kind of a like a two or three story office building, mm -hmm. one that's kind of longer horizontally than it is vertically, right? Right, right, exactly. And, and, and so they would be able to spot that sign and that would tell them where yeah. to enter? Yeah, like you mentioned, it is a really long building. And so, of course, there's a lot of a lot of different businesses in the place. Um, there's multiple signs that are that are, um, you know, that are that are up on the on this on the wall. But uh, but we have one of them. And uh, and so if somebody's actually looking for it, then, yeah, that would, that would be pretty easy to find. As, as I recall, you're on the second floor. <laughs> yes. So you go in if you go in the door from. And I keep forgetting what street you said it's on. 2000 West Street. West Street, right. So you go in from, from West Street. And as I recall, there, there are 
two doors that look like you could enter. One goes to the elevator and one goes to stairs, right? Yes. Yep. And you can go either way. You need to take the elevator or the stairs. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And you go up to the second floor mm -hmm. and then just uh, just a short hallway and you find where you're meeting a nice large yeah, I believe either Don or Tammy put together um, some signs that we've posted on the walls because there, there is, like you mentioned, a hallway. You have to walk down one way, open another door, turn to the left. Um, so there there are some signs that we've got up in the hallways that's supposed to be, um, help with directions and so forth, but it's not too confusing. Yeah, like you said, you come out of the elevator or the stairways, you walk straight, you turn left, and we're the first door on the right. Okay, so we, we talked about it at, at 10 o'clock, you, you meet, you have an adult Bible class, there's a Bible class for a young uh, young one who's about 10 or so and, it, and a, another Bible class for even younger. And so if somebody had children, their children would be welcome in either of those classes as they would fit age wise. Mm -hmm. The adult Bible class is going on. And uh, and and then at 945, you kind of have a break. And then I'm sorry, 1045, you have yeah. a break. Then at 11, you start your assembly where you, we talk about that. You have uh, a welcome. You have a couple of songs. You have a designated prayer. I like that a designated topic or designated prayer, however you called it. You have a sermon about how long should somebody expect to be there if they come and they they're there at eleven o'clock. We we really try to be finished by uh, twelve. Yeah, by twelve fifteen. Twelve fifteen. Okay. All right. Um, do you, do you occasionally, I think you may have said you've had some people just show up on a Sunday, either because they, they saw your sign. I think Micah, you said, because they saw your sign out front. Mm -hmm. That was, yeah, that's my understanding from that. That was their introduction to the church. So if somebody just walking by or somebody sees this webcast and they say, I want to do that, they don't have to call ahead. They could just show up and they'd be very welcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Do they have to, do they have to bring money? <laughs> no, no, um, no, not at all. And there, there is a collection that takes place at the end of service, um, but we try to make it really clear. We, in, in fact, uh, make an announcement before the collection takes place that when we look in the Bible, um, when the church made a collection, it wasn't for the sake of getting money from the community. It was for the sake of members of the church providing for each other. Um, and so we try to make that really clear when we when we do um, um, that part of our of our worship. This isn't something where we're now looking to, uh, to you know, to uh, fork over everybody's money and 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 try to collect on them. Um, this is an opportunity for the brethren, for the members, um, to share together. And those who are visiting with us, we're just thankful that they're there. So there's uh, no expectation that, that they would need to contribute anything or anything like that. That's not that's right. Yeah. So okay. Um, all right. The, uh, what that there are various religious groups in Union City and Jersey City and Weehawken and and Hoboken and and I'm trying to picture the map there and go around. There, there are various religious groups. What do you think is distinct about what you are doing? What is what is it that you think sets this group apart from a lot of the other religious groups in the area? Mm -hmm. Don, I'll let you take that one. Um. Yeah, and a lot of people have asked me through the years, uh, I've been a Bible teacher, will ask us, what's the difference between your church and, and then they'll fill in the blank with whatever their church, they're thinking about their church or a congregation they know of. And so what's the difference between your church and this church? And of course, first of all, I don't say this, but 
I think, I hope everybody understands. It's not my church. It's the Lord's church. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference between the Lord's church and whatever other church one might consider? And I take this answer very seriously. But one day it occurred to me, and it wasn't all that long ago. It took me a long time to come up with this nice little short answer. But in Acts chapter 2, the first time the gospel was preached, and people obeyed the gospel, or they believed and received the message, and they repented and were baptized for the remission of sins. And then the next statement really comes in verse 42, describes what they did next. And the first thing it says is, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' teaching, which means that they they continued to learn, study, you know, and to, to accept the apostles' teaching. But it also means that they accepted it in their lives, and they followed, and they did, and they obeyed, and followed the plan. And so there are a lot of things that are done by churches that are not mentioned in the Bible. They're not taught by the Lord. They're not a part of the apostles' teaching. And there's even a lot of things that are contrary to what the apostles teach that churches do. And th this is not something that, that is uh, special or, or magical or, or a miraculously wonderful uh, thing. It, it's simply looking at what the apostles taught. And as that word still remains to belong to us even today, it, keep looking at what the apostles are still teaching in the word. And we do that. So, and, and if anything, and anything other than that, we try to leave it alone. We we want to continue steadfastly in the apostles' teaching, and I think that's that's simple statement is the best way to distinguish what I believe and teach and what we do and practice, uh, um, and where uh, others do not do that. So you would see the Bible, which was written. 2,000 years ago and more, and still very relevant, even in a practical way for what a church does and how it's organized and how it functions today in 2023. I do. You know, I want to believe that the promises are still valid, that the reward is still valid, that the Lord is still doing what he said he would do then, that he's still doing now. And so if I'm going to hold the Lord accountable for keeping all that going, what about the other side of it? I, we need to do our part, right? and if if these these promises have come through and these blessings are given to us through the gospel, then in order to receive those promises, that gospel has to be just as eternal and just as lasting as the blessings and the promises. I'll illustrate. Well, you talked about money a minute ago, and um, the apostles teach that the members of the church take up a collection on the first day of the week in order to have finances with which they would do the work the work, and take care of the needs that the Lord intended. So if you ask the apostles, where do we get money to do the stuff we need to do? The apostles would say, let each one of you lay by in store on the first day of the week. You have prospered, that there be no collections when I come. In other words, the money will be ready. That's the apostles' teaching. And so we do that. We lay that money aside, and we don't sell anything. We don't. Uh, we don't engage in in a bingo, or we don't get, try to get money from the community. The apostles taught us where to get our money from. 
And so that's where we get our money from. And that does set us apart from most churches. Most churches have other means by which they acquire money, but we feel compelled to hold to the, to the apostles' teaching. Well, I thank you guys. I hope that anybody listening to this webcast in the area there around uh, Union City, if, if you are intrigued by the idea of being guided by the Bible itself and meeting with a group of Christians who are still directed by and governed by and trying to worship together in accordance with the teachings of the scriptures, I hope you'll find that uh, this group there in Union City, that's what they are. And Don, uh, Micah, I appreciate your taking time to be with us today. And if there's a, is there a website that somebody would uh, go to or a Facebook page or something if they want to look up that way? Yes, uh, HudsonHeightsChurch.com. Mm -hmm. That's easy. HudsonHeightsChurch.com. That'll get you there. Don, Micah, thanks a lot. Joe, anything final you want to uh, throw in there? Joe, you're muted. I, I muted myself there. Sorry. Uh, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to uh, to meet there and, and worship sometime in the future. God bless you guys. Thank, Thank you, you guys for helping us. Okay, we're done. Good. <laughs>